Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. The time is 1893, and novelist and inventor H.G. Wells makes a startling announcement. Gentlemen, I am talking about traveling through time in a machine constructed for that very purpose. I just got out of jail yesterday. I didn't want to steal anything. I didn't want to go to Europe. All I wanted was a cappuccino. All right, kids, and that's how I defeated one of the world's most dangerous villains with only my two fists. My Desert Eagle. And two rocket launchers. Eat peace, motherfuckers. Any questions? Have you met Wonder Woman? She did spend an entire party IFing me from across the room. Sick. Dude. Dude, I said effing. This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by Gems Art Studio. Gems Art Studio is an online store that allows access to prints that you can use for most anything, obviously as just a picture, or as a wallpaper, or as a bookmark, or anything you can think of. You can find Gems Art Studio at etsy.com slash shop slash Gems Art Studio. This podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another Organized Chaos podcast. My name is Bobby Quarters. With me is Bob. How are you doing today, Bob? I'm doing all right, Bobby. We got uh, some interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh... Yeah, we do. We, uh... I was uh, actually quite pleased with this uh, week's watch list. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about uh, a movie I haven't seen in a long time, Time After Time, which, uh, yeah, uh, just on premise alone, it's 100% worth watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely worth watching. And, like, cast alone, yeah. worth oh, watching. Yeah, cast alone. Uh, and then uh, after that, we're going to go into one of the dumbest but kind of entertaining movies I've seen on here we're going to talk about the bruce willis classic hudson hawk uh yeah and then uh, one that you know siskel and ebert famously hated i get their argument but there's a charm to this one i have to admit there it really is i mean i understand where <laughs> oh yeah I, like I, I watched yeah you so you did watch the review i meant to send no that, i haven't seen the you. review but i like you tell me they dislike it i'm like yeah i get that it's oh they hated oh, it oh yeah and then finally we're going to talk a little bit about peacemaker uh, now, before we get to all that, though, we're going to talk about probably, uh, uh, I'm certain this is somebody who listens to the podcast, so, uh, we can kind of address to him. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, Joe Rogan. You know, he, I, I do believe he is one of our most influential listeners, so, you know, we can, we can start our pace to, piece to him, but, uh, he has come under fire for some stuff recently. I don't think it's been a good week for him. No, I don't think it's been a good couple of weeks. For no, uh, and I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think it's entirely undeserved. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, I, I don't know. Like, there's some times that I kind of wonder if it's like, is he doing a character? Like, you know, is he doing shtick? Yeah. Like, like playing it up. But at some point, like, you know, do you take that character just so far out that it's just... Like you lose yourself in it, or I—I I don't know. It. This is a weird. This is a, yeah. 
there's a lot on this topic. Well, yeah. Well, it all started out with uh, Neil Young saying he's pulling out of Spotify because Spotify exclusively hosts Joe Rogan right now. It's all over vaccine misinformation. And I, like, I already did a video on it. I thought it was a based move. I don't see it going anywhere, unfortunately, at this point. No. We need a lot more artists back out to make any movement. Yeah. And I also have issues with how Neil did it, where it was all or nothing. He said Rogan or Young. And I'm like, I prefer if you just focus on vaccine misinformation. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're, yeah. you can you can win the back. I think you can win the vaccine misinformation fight. You're not going to win the Neil Young or Joe Rogan fight because the dude has 11 million downloads an episode. Even if it's less than that on Spotify, he's huge. Like that was a little bit poor choice for uh, old Neil. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, to a degree, I he also like the way he phrased it. He didn't say it's him or me. He just said, I'm out, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, it just sounds like him saying, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm not going to win this. Yeah. Fight. Well, I'll I mean, say my piece and drop out. <laughs> And, I mean, he'd probably like it better that way because, I mean, those streaming services really don't benefit the artists that much at all, which is something I have my own issues against with him, like, that I oh, just yeah. kind of feel like I feel that the artists get screwed well, horribly in that, but that's another issue all on its own. Yeah, streaming services, record sales, it's a couple different yeah, well, ways artists get screwed over unless they have. yeah but the music industry is is nothing like it was like you know when you and i were in high no, school no no not at all i mean streaming services like you know we don't yeah yeah they were like you pay 99 cents for a song <laughs> but before that you would have to as lame as this sounds wait for it to come on the radio have a blank cassette ready and record it. I remember uh, they did a spe <laughs> they did a radio special where uh, they cut down pieces of the Peter Gabriel album Secret World Live, and it was like a live performance uh, hour long yeah. on the radio. And I recorded that on cassette for a while. That's oh yeah, how I first heard yeah. that album. <laughs> yeah, that's how I would like I would record stuff like that all the time, and that's how I would have tapes of my music that I liked. You know before I started buying my own music, which I would just go and wait for the album to come out and buy it on CD. Mm -hmm. Well, there was an early time. I remember I would buy cassettes yes. because I couldn't afford a CD and, you know, or, you know, I, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember my first, uh, my first music player was this, uh, it was super cool. It was a reversible Walkman. So what? So it was a tape, what? and it reversed every time it reached the end, so you could it, just go on. And it played, play. and it played the backside without you having to flip yep. the tape. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had one of those too. Those were yeah, it was pretty awesome. awesome. And then, uh, and then everybody was like, awesome. "Hey, why don't you have a mobile CD player?" It's like, because I don't, <laughs> I don't. And then as soon as you get a CD, this was as soon as you get one of those handheld CD players, like, "Hey, why don't you have a, a, a MP3 uh, yeah, player. MP3 player?" Oh fuck. <laughs> You get an MP3 player. Why don't you have an iPod? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're just listening to an iPod? Why? Why don't you just use your phone? Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you sh you could just get iTunes on your phone, man. Yeah. <sighs> you hold out a you hold out a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> what, dude? Why do you have? Why do you? Have, why do you still no, have a flip phone? No, man? you have a rotary dial phone, and you're trying to stream music off of that. <laughs> I mean, you know, like if I stand in one spot. <laughs> And believe it or not, it's in the middle of the Amish country. 
crystal clear reception. I could call Russia perfectly fine. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the music industry has changed. Yeah, it's changed. And I mean, it, it it's crazy to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's websites now dedicated to like what the song lyrics of albums are. Those used to come with like the cassettes yeah. and the old CDs. Yeah. Like I remember seeing the chain, like uh, them not appearing in album mm-hmm. liner notes. Yeah. Which really started like kind of bumming me out more. It's like to find the lyrics, go to this website. Like, well, why the hell? I always felt ripped off when I open up liner notes and I didn't see lyrics. It's like, come on, come or on. Or anything. Man. If it's like a two-page yeah. thing, yeah, I've always felt ripped off. Oh yeah, the worst is when you get the liner like notes that. and like and it's, it's just a like single a cover card. and it's white on the back. That's that was the fucking worst. <laughs> The cardboard cases. Oh, the digi packs. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I enjoy the liner notes. I've always loved that about buying albums and going through and reading them. Like, there's that's why I love buying like those old Stones albums because they have that. And on a few of them, they'll have kind of small notes about the song. Well, like maybe one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did also buy the like the like the special anniversary edition of, in my opinion, the greatest Stones album ever, Exile on Main Street, nice. which had had like a lot of different notes from the band talking about it years after. So, I mean, all that stuff's really cool to read. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really cool for that they can remember it. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, he loved his digi packs. Now, usually he would yeah. think of a way to get the liner notes in the digipacks because he usually had the lyrics and all that jazz with it. But here's yeah. the deal with the digipacks. They look all right when you first get them. They actually look kind of cool when you first get them, but time is not a friend to them. And they just start looking worn out and beaten up. And next to this crystal case, it still looks pretty fucking good. It's not nice. Yeah. It's not <laughs> Even if you've like you've kept all your CD cases in a box and moved them around and haven't taken them out of that box in years, mm-hmm. those still come out looking pretty decent. Yeah. Now there's a few certain areas if it's cracked, it's gone. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> like going completely across it, yeah, it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. But just the, yeah, the 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 artists don't make as much money off the album sales. I mean, they never really did. No. Touring is always where they make their money, but like, yeah, like music isn't as hard to come by. Anyone can just go on. And if like I want to hear one song in particular, I can go to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, it's not like his stuff falls under the public domain where anyone can use it and do whatever they want with it. You know, somebody's still making money off of it. Hopefully it's mostly Neil at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope nobody else is making money off oh, of Harvest, but there's but lots him. of other people. Well, but no, well Neil seems like yeah. he probably has a firm control over a lot of his stuff more than most. <laughs> yeah. more than... I mean, I'd be surprised if he allowed anyone else to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always kind of been very, well, true to form. Yeah. You know, yeah. like best best way to put it. I mean, whether you agree with him at the time or not, like he's always said his opinion and stood by it. But yeah, and you know, that's what we're coming up with here because, uh, yeah, uh, so I've done a deep dive into some of, well, deepish dive, I'm gonna go deeper, into some of Joe Rogan's podcast to figure out what exactly the vaccine mis- misinformation he said is. And now, you, I'll, I'll say this before you go into yeah. it I have not listened to much of any of Joe Rogan. Um, 
never really have been a fan of him as a personality. So it's just like I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to his podcast. There was a time period so, where I listened to him semi-regularly. Uh, there was a time period yeah. where it seemed like he had lots of guests on that I thought were interesting. And sometimes the guests would be interesting, sometimes they wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, and I've heard like clips and in various interviews yeah. and different stuff, but never just him and his boys talking, which is where I understand most of these statements came from or maybe possibly possibly in interviews mm -hmm. but like i've only heard him interviewing people yeah well i think that's, that's about what podcast it. is anymore okay um okay because i've never listened to a full episode of okay it. i have especially recently uh mm -hmm. so to give you an idea the one i listened to recently i've listed 75 percent of it i guess i need to finish it because i am doing a video uh it's the one with <laughs> that he's gotten some fire under with uh peter mccullough who he talks about how he's one of the most published doctors ever, which is one of those credits where it's like, does that actually mean anything? So you've published a lot. Is it peer reviewed? Do lots of people care about it? Are you cited a lot? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. so one of the claims that he says on there are uh, not Joe, but this doctor says is that uh, it is impossible to get COVID twice. Once you get it, you have natural immunity forever. To his credit, this is the moment where Joe gives him a little bit of pushback and says, oh, well, I know people who have tested positive twice, who have come down with symptoms twice. I, I know people. And what the, the doctor said is that uh, they either tested positive false one time and just had a flu or something like that, but they have not had COVID twice. And yeah, that's obviously just wrong and joe did not push back nearly hard enough on that one something he clearly knew was wrong but i'm going to tell you what he mm. said that joe really didn't push back on and was just like hey okay sure so one of the claims he made was that uh covid was actually a man-made virus with the sole intent of getting us vaccinated they wanted to get us, they wanted to get this vaccine in our arms and this virus was what they did released to get the vaccine in our arm. And Joe didn't even push back on that one. He was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. And it was like, Joe, what the fuck are you doing? That, And he has a guy where he can say, hey, Jamie, look that up. Hey, that seems crazy. What's your source on that? Hey, Jamie, pull that up. He could do that, but he's not doing it. He's just rolling with what these guys say. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Back, back to something I I, I just thought of this. Yeah. So like, okay, how I asked, do you think it's a shtick? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that kind of plays into that theory I have. Like, it, I don't want to say I'm condoning the behavior by any means. Yeah. Mm. But I'm not at all. That's just arrogant mm -hmm. <laughs> behavior. I mean, huh. Yeah, you're you are right. He should at least have somebody go, hey. Yeah. That's a crazy claim. What's your source on that? Yeah. Hey, let's look that up. <laughs> it's it's not a big ask. And he, he what well, I think the guy's name is Jamie. He literally has Jamie yeah. pulling up stuff for him whenever he thinks 
something's crazy. And this guy's literally saying this pandemic was released just to get us vaccines. And he's just like, okay, yeah, sure. What the fuck are you doing, Joe? And since you're listening, let me ask you, what are you doing, Joe? <laughs> reply in the comments. <laughs> Who? Are we asking Joe to yeah, reply? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and reply in the comments, Joe, because we want to know. Yeah. What, 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 what's yeah. up, man? <laughs> you have a guy yeah, there that right. researches stuff for you. Ask him what's or up. Are you just... <laughs> Yeah, or are you just, like, you know, trying to, like, garnish views? Yeah, no, that's like, what you know, it kind of feels like, too. It kind of does now, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I know you brought up The Rock to me earlier. And I'll tell you what I know about The Rock in this story so far, which isn't, like, he's not, like, deeply involved or anything. Yeah, I ha- I've... I kind of just found out about it and when I texted you about it earlier today. All right, so... Uh, I know... Joe Rogan went on uh, essentially an apology video apologizing for his yeah. misinformation. In that apology video, I'd like to add, he said more misinformation, which was great. Uh, well done, Joe. Uh, but in the comments for that apology video, there's a comment from The Rock who essentially says, uh, well, he says something like, well said, perfectly articulated. I, I can't wait to someday come on your podcast and break out the tequila. It it doesn't seem particularly thoughtful. It really kind of, to me, it comes off as I'm going to kick your, kiss your ass a little bit. Cause I want to come on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have a movie I need to plug. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes off as a bit to me. Um, <laughs> now I know, uh, more recent controversy <laughs> is that somebody did a compilation of him when he says the N word. Which is bad. Yeah. And he did an apology video Horrible. where he said, uh, essentially, it's all in context. And, no. okay, even no. if that's it, he also talks about his pl- famous Plan of the Apes moment, which is really bad. Like, I would even say that's kind of worse than even just blurting out the N-word, because that Plan of the Apes joke was really fucking bad. Really bad. Yeah, no, that was probably the most. I did see that mm-hmm. apology video for that. And because I, I had seen that and then I, f- or I, I had watched that first, rather, sorry, mm-hmm. watched that first. And then I went to find the compilation video after. Yeah. And yeah, that apology, that you're right, that that latter half of that apology video, that that just is not. Oh, yeah. That was a little rough to watch. No, I, I would even argue that might be worse and, and, than the N word because that's really fucking. Yeah, bad. that was mm. that was really just. Uh, yeah, that was that was rough to watch. And, that, and this is coming from somebody who has suggested that we actively watch a movie about Martians landing in the UK and becoming rock stars. Yeah, that could be fun though. <laughs> that could be fun. But yeah, uh, the the second half is where where he addresses the Planet of the Apes moment, and that that apology is so weak sauce. It is so bad. Yeah, that one is that one is really bad because it's just like, you know, you're saying you've learned these lessons, but with your following things you're saying you're proving that you really didn't well he he's defending the joke and that's a problem it's a yeah. bad joke and you should just say hey that was a bad joke i'm sorry but instead he defends it and it's like uh, no dude. yeah i kind of thought that was just uh i could give you a shovel mm-hmm. there and and i and i know the rock came out and said oh i didn't know he said those things after somebody pointed out hey you defend him for the misinformation how do you feel about this and I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I do feel the misinformation is 
worse because I feel like people are probably dying taking his advice on that. Not that the other stuff's good. I do like his apology for using the N-word because that felt like, you know, I'm 100% sorry. Yeah. But, like, the second half with the Planet of the Apes thing, it's kind of, it takes a little bit from it because, like, quit fucking defending it, dude. It was really fucking bad. Yeah. It was really... Uh, I know you brought up something with The Rock. Was there anything to add to The Rock connection here? <laughs> um, I know that I, I don't have the full context of this. Uh, give me a second. Okay. Me... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Most of what I've seen from The Rock, and it might just be more recently, it's all been like super generic stuff. Here's a workout video. Here's. Oh, a... uh, it was Caitlyn Jenner. Ah. Who uh, hits out? This is according to Newsweek uh, a day a day ago. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner hits out at Dwayne, or yeah, hits out at Dwayne Johnson over past transphobic remarks. Yeah, even Don Jr. had accused of the actor of deleting tweets include that had these remarks as well. Uh, this, I believe this is from Don Jr. Yeah, I think this might be, uh, it doesn't say, the article's not really telling me who, which one of them tweeted this, but it said, uh, wow, at The Rock, uh, you can't just try to quietly de- delete a transphobic attacks without giving a groveling apology and expect to ever work in Hollywood again. The former, pre- yeah, that was, that was from Don Jr., mm. And and he it also had do Under Armour, Ford, Apple, Netflix, and the rest of his sponsors and partners agree with his hateful rhetoric. A uh, screenshot from a 2011 tweet. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying this is a fan of uh, Don Jr. or Caitlyn Jenner because these are like awful people too. Uh, I, yeah. I believe they're yeah. they're just doing it for an opportunity because I bet you Don Jr. especially has lots of worse stuff under his belt under. Yeah, he he's definitely. They're both being opportunity opportunistic about this. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I re- here's what Caitlyn Jenner also said in this. I, I guess the same thread. Hmm. The double standard is real at the Rock. I love you, but come on, dude. Let's be real. Cancel culture has to go. Use your platform at lose your use your platform. Period. At Donald Trump Jr. Thanks for highlighting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is as much of the story as I have right now in my head. Well, I will say this. I, Kayla, that That's a terrible remark. That's from over 10 years ago now. So if that's it, all it they is. have, then that's bad. But I don't know. My, more, my more biggest concern with The Rock right now is just... Uh, how I don't know it just feels weak sauce to me how he is like oh the n-word's a drawing line but you know what spreading vaccine misinformation that's okay yeah that's that's kind of disappointing and I'm not I'm not I don't think The Rock has researched any of this I think he just was being opportunistic at the moment I don't think he was trying to be like oh I support misinformation (laughs) or is it like maybe do you think maybe some his some of his handlers just kind of pushed him? Possibly, you know. It might have even been his and agent you know, and tweet. now it's just <laughs> kind of more of like collateral damage at this point. Yeah, 
hey, we need to get you on that podcast. That's got 11 million downloads an episode. <laughs> yeah, that's we've been hearing them a lot. That seems like it's going to be really popular. It's going to be really great for you. Yeah, yeah. So backfire. The Rock. I know you're listening as well. Uh, go ahead and comment yeah. below. Give us your uh, give us your ideas on this. <laughs> well, you know he he listens because he knows that the only time he would ever get over in pro wrestling today is if he went back to his Rocky gimmick. There you go. And <laughs> embrace the Rocky. The Rocky sucks. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so Joe Rogan, do better. The Rock, do better. Caitlyn Jenner and Don Jr. I would say do better, but there's no hope for you guys. Do better. <laughs> Just try. try Go to ahead do and try, but try. <laughs> do a whole fucking hell of a lot better. The Rock do a little bit better. Joe Rogan do a lot better. <sighs> Caitlyn Jenner and Don Jr. do just do a 180 on like everything almost. <laughs> just quietly retire from the public eye. That too. That works too. <laughs> uh, so are we ready to move on to the first movie? Yeah, let's move on to uh, some so- happier. Something lighter. Yeah. <laughs> something lighter. Time after I time. I mean, I tried to add some levity and tease something at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is uh, this is a great premise for a movie. And uh, fun fact. Oh, this is beautiful this was this i believe this was the movie he did immediately before wrath of khan but this is from the guy who wrote and direct wrath of khan really i didn't know yes that. yes this is that's that's fucking awesome yeah and well essentially because i mean wrath of khan is like probably the fourth best star trek film is it fourth i don't know it's probably my yes i did say fourth yeah i did say fourth we'll have to, and i do mean all time we'll have to discuss that at some point but oh, yeah, right. we, we, yeah otherwise we're going to do cool. a star trek deep dive and we're, we're talking about time after <laughs> yeah, time. With, yeah we'll just segue right into star trek yeah just, it, okay it, yeah. it will happen it will but uh, yeah <laughs> all right we get malcolm mcdowell here as hg wells and uh david warner as jack the ripper David Warner. Not an evil man trying to recreate a new planet. Yes. <laughs> My God. <laughs> sorry. I, I couldn't resist that one. I'm sorry. But uh, anyways, David Warner or uh, Jack the Ripper steals H.G. Wells' time machine and travels to 1979. And, yeah. After Jack just committed a crime yeah. that we get to see in this really beautiful first person shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of it is done. So I, I, I was like, wow, this is. And we're following as Jack the whole time. And it's yeah. Like, this is cool. Yeah, you're just seeing this is it, cool. Yeah, the whole time from Jack. It's like, that's a hell of an opening right there. And like the first time that we see an outline of his hand and like that hat in the background just kind of slightly out of focus. Yeah. I just kind of think, oh, wait, this is the, oh, God, no. Oh, we're going to see a crime. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I figured as soon as he said my friends called me Jack, it's like, oh, here we are. Yeah, he wasn't going to come up and scare him. Or no, I no. thought we were going to see the deed, and then like she's there, and then he comes. That's what I was expecting to happen. Yeah, but like, oh no, no, I was like John, and I was like, huh, I was like, wait, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had told me from what you had told me about this going in, because I, this is one that I did go in completely blind to. Mm-hmm. All I knew from is what you told me. Yeah, which is the plot. It's like twenty-year-old information too. It's been a while since I've seen this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you you had said that uh, 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 Malcolm McDowell's in it. He plays H.G. Wells, mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right, sold." <laughs> and David Warner plays Jack the Ripper, and they travel through time. 
Soul. <laughs> of course. <laughs> who is David Warner? Yeah, who's David Warner? You'll recognize him when you see yeah, him. No. Okay. No, d- it- that was how you pitched it to yeah. me, and I was like, all right, yeah, like that sounds cool. Now, if you've watched movies, you've seen David Warner in something. He's all yeah. over the fucking place for probably the past yeah, four years. Yeah, he really is. Warner. Yeah, he has had a very, I would say, as consistent as a acting career as Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, it, yeah. He always, I don't think I've ever seen him do a half-assed job in anything. He's always all in. Now everything he's in is good, but he always does a good job. Uh, no. He was even great in his, what, like 20 minutes in Scream 2? Was he in Scream 2? Yeah, he played the director. Was he the director? He played the director. He played the director of, of Sydney's play. That's right. Oh, my God. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Because uh, first time I watched Scream 2, I was like, oh, hey, it's a TGI, it's a TGI guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never do. I for the longest time I never knew his name, and I just always called him the TGI guy. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't remember the character's name, but yeah. But yeah, well, Mary Steen version I think is the only one that doesn't have Star Trek connections after this movie of the main people. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. That being, s- I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say she was on an episode of T.J. Hooker. <laughs> it's possible, sure. <laughs> it's possible. It's not or Ted Danson was. Well, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Oh, Ted Danson was on. Ted Danson. Ted Danson was in a Star Trek episode, wasn't he? I think he was in the Next Gen, maybe. Or am I thinking of Kelsey Grammer? Because I know Kelsey Grammer was definitely in one. Kelsey Grammer was. Yeah. He played. He was a captain. Yes. He was a very brief with a magnificent beard. <laughs> I didn't recognize him the first time I watched it until I, like he spoke. I was like, oh shit, that is Kelsey Graham. Yeah. Uh, although that being said, even though Mary Steenburgen, I don't believe has a Star Trek connection, this is her first of two times where she ends up with a time traveler at the end. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other time? Back to the future three. That's right. That's okay. It's okay. That's so weird that you said that because midway through it, when he first said, Come back to, you know, 1889, I stopped the movie and I was like, When did Back to the Future Part 3 take place? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it took place a few years before. Yeah. Like uh, 1885. Yeah. Well, but I had that, I had that split moment connection. Like, is there a shared universe? Yeah. Ooh. Something. (laughs) No, 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 no. Time doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work at all. But uh, that would be interesting. H.G. <laughs> Wells meets Doc. Yeah, that was Brown. A, that was just a weird three a.m. thought. I even put that in my notes. <laughs> I was like, it's all. It's like, hey, is there a, like possible bridge there? Also, it's three thirty in the morning. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but uh, what but, else? But uh, I I did. I was curious though if David Warner had ever played a bad guy before. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of did some search and I found uh, the different ones that or the different roles that he had played. Uh, he as actually a description for him on his IMDb page and the Wikipedia said he often often has played villains. Mm. Villains such as uh, thirty in the thirty nine steps in nineteen seventy eight. Time After Time, 1979. Time Bandits, 1981. I haven't seen that one in a while. He's been in about time travel. Yeah. 
two films, as well as two films about the Titanic. (laughs) But he was also the bad guy in Tron. Oh, yeah. And and, uh, Hannah's War. Uh, In the Batman uh, animated series, the television series, he voiced Ra's al Ghul. Oh, shit. Uh, I didn't realize that. He also... He also voiced in The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Hubert London, or Red Skull. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Uh, he also, uh, as well as the uh, Alpha, or as the uh, uh, the Rogue Agent Alpha in the animated series Batman, or the, uh, the Men in Black animated series. And uh, as well as uh, Archimage on Disney's Gargoyles. And the lobe and freakazoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he also was in Straw Dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about ready to say the biggest. Well, the <laughs> yeah. the other thing he also tortured Captain John Luke Picard in Star Trek. More yeah, Star he did. He, yeah, he, he did. He did torture uh, Picard. That's also in the notes. But uh, he also, more notably, callback. Uh, he he was one of the best Bob Cratchits, and if I recall, he did kind of he did win the bracket, didn't he? No, but I gave him the point in the bracket. <laughs> you gave him the extra point for the win. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the George C. Scott. 1984 take of a Christmas Carol. Yes, which overall was our overall. Oh yeah, no, that one of it. Like, oh yeah, hands down. Like Scrooge was like the dark horse, but like, yeah, that that one's just too goddamn good. <laughs> well, Scrooge was a dark horse because it, it it kind of, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, like I've watched a child die enough today. I needed some levity. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> like, <laughs> the felt one hurt the worst. It still does. Uh, I did write down some uh, fun facts about this movie. Uh, yeah. So. So the movie's title inspired Cindy Lauper's song "Time After Time." She was flipping through TV guides. She saw it and she went, "You oh, mean that's her a cool immortal idea. classic?" Yeah. <laughs> you mean her immortal classic? Her immortal. <laughs> no word on Ozzy Osbourne yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I uh, have one more note to uh, one of his villains. But in addition to mo- more notable roles, he he also played German SS. Uh, I am going to butcher this. Uh, Uber Gruffenfrau. Okay. Uh, Rein, Reinhard Heydrich in both the film Hitler's SS Portrait of Evil and the television miniseries Holocaust. A sinister millionaire Amos and Hacksaw's HBO 19, or 1991. Yeah, he uh, has cast a deadly spell. So he's had like a long career of playing villains oh, yeah, I think... and bad guys and some notable ones. I never knew of him playing an old SS officer. Um, that would be, uh, I mean, I like World War II stuff, so that would be interesting to watch. Now, I think I usually see him as a villain, but I'm trying to think. Like, it might be kind of 50-50, maybe 60-40 yeah. heroes to villains. I think he's usually a villain I want to leave. I mean, not, kind, of, kind of almost like the uh, the opposite of the Tim Curry thing. Or most of the time, he's the good guy. Is Tim Curry the but, good like, guy most of the time? Is Tim <laughs> I know he was a good guy in Congo. <sighs> <laughs> I can't, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't even say that. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, he, he 
he knows how to give himself an introduction. Well, yeah, <laughs> he does do that. That's just Jesus. Uh, so, the do you remember the the little boy who spots H.G. Wells in the museum when he first lands in 1979? <laughs> yeah, there's. I have a note about that at the end of this movie. Yeah, uh, well, that was the film debut of Corey Feldman. <laughs> oh joy! Yeah. <laughs> One of the Corys is now be introduced to the world because of time after time. <laughs> like I said, I have a note about it at the end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I noticed it instantly, and I was like, oh, hey, the Feldster. The little Feldster. I didn't notice it Look until I looked up. I was like, yeah. holy crap, really? I'm like... <laughs> oh, I recognize that dopey face. Duh. But I, I mostly just, I watched Gremlins a lot when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that that character that he played was super cool because he had a friend that was like way older than him. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like Billy, he had a neighbor like Billy. Yeah. Mostly it's like Billy just let him hang out and read comics. And that's really what I thought was super cool about it. Nice. Right, I, <laughs> I did oh, yeah. notice something funny about Mary uh, Steenburn's performance in this. Yes. She kind of had an accent that kind of came and went a lot. Yeah. I don't know if she's doing that on purpose or what. No. <sighs> Yeah, I couldn't tell. I knew when she was, like, doing the fake English accent, yeah. Mm -hmm. There were times that, like, I would hear, like, a southern accent. But I don't know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would just be gone for a while. Well, that's one of the things I kind of didn't, like, I knew there was a romance in this movie. I didn't remember how prominent it was. It's fairly prominent. And... Yeah. I would say I would say so. It's it's very subtle. Oh yeah. Uh, one thing you can tell with this movie is it must have had a limited budget because the uh, the effects were a little shoddy. I noticed a lot shoddy. And obviously they're time traveling to the current time, which is obviously a budget thing. Yeah, I noticed uh, as I was reading some information about it when he first traveled to 1979. Yeah. I happened to look up at the at the premiere date, and then I happened to look up and see where he traveled, and it was like, huh, huh. it's like the date of the premiere. Yeah, of that's course. hilarious. <laughs> or it was like around there or something. But I was like, that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I I, I I guess I should have looked that up. I'd be interested to know what the budget was on this, because I feel like probably a lot of it probably went towards Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Probably. And and to his credit, he does a great job. So Yeah, he does. He he's really good in this movie. And one thing I do like is like there'd be that instinct to almost like turn like, you know, Jack the Ripper into this crazy psycho killer and try to make HG Wells into this more heroic character. But No, they play it very straightforward. Yeah, they, they pretty much do the psycho killer with Jack the Ripper. But H.G. Wells is kind of just a scientist trying to track him down and talk reason to him, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it was a nice take yeah. on it. You know, he's, he's not, like, swinging the, from the rafters or anything. Uh, I will say there was a, yeah. a fairly confusing chase scene with a whole bunch of stairways where I wasn't sure exactly where they were to each other to most of it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the, the editing was a little confusing yeah. there. That was, um, but I did also, uh, uh, I have a few notes about some things. I was very pleased to hear that 20 seconds of uh, that 73 shakedown by the dead. I mean, 
Nice. <laughs> While they were in the disco club. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, my original note was uh, disco duck, but I was like, no, no. Besides, that was that would be an inaccurate thing for what I said about the dead. I'm ashamed as a yeah, deadhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, H.G. Wells is a shit driver. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> That was entertaining. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Was a, I was impressed he turned on lights. <laughs> yeah, I was too. Safety first yeah, still, I though. So. Yeah, science, he understands that. This is a, where, where my notes where I'm about like maybe a third of the way into this movie. I was like, this is pretty good for me going and completely blind. Yeah. It's like, I'm really enjoying this. No, it's, it's a fun one. It's I will say, I don't think it was as fun as I remember. Mainly because I feel the ending is a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. It just kind of just set up. I mean, they do set it up, but it's like he steps, uh, Jack the Ripper steps in a time machine and then H.G. Wells pulls a time crystal and just kind of scatters him through time. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Yeah, no, very anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just kind of ends. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would want it to end, but like, that's not quite it. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like a very early Resident Evil game yeah. where it just kind of ends. No resolution, just ends. <laughs> now, uh, there was a couple of like factual things they brought up in here that I thought was interesting. Uh, like the fact that H.G. Wells was really a communist and he was a uh, atheist. Yep. And those things carry over exactly into this movie. He is 100% those things. And, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> uh, his second wife is named after the Mary Steen version, or probably the opposite way around. But uh, the Mary Steen version character is named after his second wife, Amy Robbins. Yes, that was the name of his second wife. So obviously, it's supposed to be a connection there. Yeah. Fun fact: he cheated on her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess that doesn't quite fit into the movie, man. but uh, yeah. He was not. Yeah, that doesn't quite fit the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all right, let's see. I think we brought up all my notes. Uh, was there anything? Yeah. You oh add? wait, I have. Okay. Yeah, I do. My uh, last note that I had. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't do this every time. There it is. Oh yeah, Corey Feldman was in this. I think this is before he killed slash resurrection J- Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> a few years before. <laughs> like I said. Like I said, I have that note at the end about yeah. him. I was saving mine for the end. <laughs> Ironically, though, I watched two movies with Corey Feldman in it recently. What was the other one? <laughs> Bordello of Blood. Oh, sure. <laughs> they just they just added it to Shudder. Uh, yeah, that and that and Demon Knight. Which one's Demon Knight? I've heard of De- that's the Billy Zane one, right? Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, the, yeah, I think that's the Billy Zane okay. one. That's, I haven't seen that one. I've seen Bordello of Blood. I, I've seen them I, both. It just had been a while. It's been a while. It had been a while both. since I'd watched yeah. it. Yeah. But I just wanted to rewatch it. They just add, they just added that and all the Tales from the Hood movies mm-hmm. to Shudder, so. Okay, so here's a couple of uh, little bits of trivia I'm seeing on here that's kind of cool. So there's a lead scene featuring Wells meeting a punk who is playing extremely loud boombox music in San Francisco. It was deleted. So he went ahead and used the idea in Star Trek Four. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds really yeah. familiar. <laughs> it sounds really familiar. 
I still say it should have been Bones dealing with that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I think Spock handled it well. <laughs> I think Bones and Spock would have done the same thing. I think Bones might have done something a little bit more harmful. Mm-hmm. I mean, not terribly wrong. Maybe just put him in a coma, a chemically induced one. Oh, here's a fun fact. Mick Jagger was considered for the role of Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not David I Warner, mean, but... Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> My question... Will he be spinning around on uh, in the alleyways and like doing like that little clap clap chicken wing <laughs> dance that he does? Yes, you, you know he the one I'm talking about. Yes. You, know that, you know that exact one. What, I'm that weird thing where about. he like sticks his fingers out and where he's like this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He does like this chicken wing like. Yes. Yeah. He's he's an interesting. Or he'll dancer. like you know stick his he- yeah stick his stick his back out, but like lean himself in uh, and like you know sitting out with the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Keith just has a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're on to Hudson Hawk. <laughs> yeah, Hudson Hawk. Okay, so bunny ball ball. Oh boy, this is a. Uh... This is something else. Uh, these are two very different movies, I want to stress. Yeah, well, they're, they're similar because Bob went and blinded this yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> and I got I got blinded by this one. Only off of what I told yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, he's a cat burglar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like uh, that line in The Godfather. He's trying to get out, but they're pulling him back yeah. in from the second he steps out of jail. Yeah. That's where the movie what, starts. The warden or the guard or whoever was trying to get him on a job instantly. Oh, no, I think that was his P.O. Yeah, okay. That yeah, his his, PO. yeah, that's right. I think it was his parole officer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> As he's being checked he's out like, of can prison. Can I just get out of prison? Can I... <laughs> yeah, can I get out of prison first? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, the, this movie is like so filled with one-liners throughout the whole time. And I mean... I could tell that these guys were definitely going for that airplane feel, oh, yeah. like that type of comedy, that nonstop laugh. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of great laughs throughout this whole movie. But man, it is great. Yeah. I mean, a better way to like you know describe it. This is really just a mo- story about a guy just trying to get a cup of coffee. Yeah, kind of is. <laughs> it's really just about a guy who wants to get a cup of coffee. It takes him a while, but yeah, God, I, it does. I was tempted to try to describe the plot, but it's like, God, how many forces we have like the candy bar gang trying to get him to do stuff. <laughs> There's the rich people <laughs> trying to get him to do stuff. There's, a... yeah, that that rich uh, brother sister couple. Yeah, couple were they a couple thing? or a brother I, I don't sister know. or both? It's it's it, it's it's never very clear mm-hmm. whether or not their husband or wife or siblings yeah, yeah it's, it's sandra bernhardt but, and richard e grant and uh, <laughs> both fucking amazing both are good but i really have to say like richard e grant fucking all over, like he's is owning just that shit so <laughs> yeah he is definitely chewing scenery oh, but he is not the only one in this movie oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. chewing scenery I mean, we, everyone what? is and it's Kind of magical. But James Coburn definitely had some fun with this, that scenery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he was the uh, leader of the uh, candy bar. Yeah, gang. candy bar king with. Uh, he was oh great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Snickers, who I don't know the actor's name, but he looks like fucking Thomas Dolby. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? Kit Kat. Yeah. Did you recognize Kit Kat? Who Who was that? Uh, which one was Kit Kat? I, I'll give you a clue. I'll pantomime it. Okay. Okay. So he was the guy who looks like his time ran out. <laughs> So, uh, it's David I was about Caruso. To say, is that the one that's David Crusoe? The one David that, yeah, Caruso. yeah, I was taking off my shades there, you know. Yeah, okay, <laughs> like his oh, time. sure, sure, uh, as CSI Miami, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't have the who cute, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't want to get copyrighted, <laughs> no, so we're no. gonna go ahead and just sing to you the opening of uh, Who Are You, okay. <laughs> No, it's not. Who are you? Yeah. Which one is it for CSI uh, Miami? We don't. Uh, we don't get fooled again. That's right. We won't get. <laughs> we won't get fooled again. We're gonna do the first three minutes for you guys, so you know the song. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let, 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 yeah. Let me get my uh, guitar. <laughs> I'll play Pete. I think I have enough room to do no, the windmill. You can only do air guitar, okay? <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I guess I, I don't have. The, oh, I can't do a windmill. Oh. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> it's getting older. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah, he gets tasked to steal this artifact from a art from a art auction. Yeah. And uh, he goes first to check it out, s- scope it out, I think. And uh, he steals a kid's like stuffed animal and you see how secure it is. And, you know, it's like on super guard. They have this really great. He steals a kid's stuffed animal, throws it by one of the laser beams and the cage drops. Yeah. around it. But it's like an ascending cage with different layers. Yeah, it's a bit intense. <laughs> it's a bit over the yeah. top, but hilarious. I think the best part is that kid crying about her stuffed yeah. animal who was just beating the hell out of it earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> It felt like one of those setups, like, oh, they're going to have to get it later. No, they're not fucking touching that thing. (laughs) No. But they decide a way in it to steal it, and they break it. Uh, Bruce Willis and his uh, cat burglar partner, uh, Danny Aiello, Mm. who this is like the first time I've seen him in anything that I could think of. Like the first time I watched this years ago, and I I can't think of anything I've seen him in since. God, I know. But he was. I know. Yeah, but like he he wasn't bad. No, no, he's he a good actor. Good. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have a thing whenever they do burglaries, they give themselves a time amount, and they pick a song that has that length of time, and they sing it. And in theory, by the time that they're done with the song, they're done with the robbery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I thought that was a kind of a interesting touch. Yeah. But also, like, they were sitting way fucking loud at the end. Yeah, like, yeah. I get they it, guys. You're home free. Too. It's like, Don't okay. need to break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. It's the big finish. And you guys sound amazing. But just breathe yeah. down a little. Yo. Maybe maybe sing it to yourself. You're I in a rotunda. <laughs> guys, you're in a rotunda. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sakes. Well, what? Uh, well, the, the, it's worth pointing out. The, the beginning of this movie is Leonardo da Vinci making this artifact. And I yeah. believe the goal was to turn yes. lead into bronze. 
but it didn't work mm -hmm. and it turned lead into gold, correct? <laughs> into gold. Yeah. Worthless, worthless gold. And he decided <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he all, yeah, he decided just to, it's worthless. So he separated the pieces and let them be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, now we have, uh, really the main villains are like the rich couple because Candy Bar Gang gets, they are hired killed. by yeah. these rich couple yeah. who, yeah, who are who they are the Mayflowers. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they are the Mayflowers. Like uh, oh, when we're introduced to the candy bar game, I guess they're like a special ops team. But I I think that like the leader he knows Hudson Hawk from. Yeah, there was before. some past thing. Yeah, the, the James. Coburn, it's established. Yeah. <laughs> But never really fleshed out. It's established they know each other. Oh, there's a lot of stuff in this I movie guess that he... isn't fleshed out. Er... But that's almost no, part of charm. It's... <laughs> well, uh, a fun fact. This was Bruce Willis's only time he attempted any screenwriting. He has a story credit on this one. Yeah. And I I think I also read that he did lots of changes like on the spot, like while they were shooting. <laughs> Probably this this feels like super chaotic, which. Yeah, it almost certainly was. It's 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 it, it really was. It's an absolute mess of a movie, but that's kind of almost the charm of it, because it's just all over. It's like any crazy thing you think <laughs> of. They're going to go ahead and throw that in there. Like his girlfriend or his love interest. She seems just like, yeah, she seems she's working undercover. Yes, yeah, he is working undercover and she's mainly a nun. Which. Like for the Vatican, yeah. who's pretty much a lot like the uh, Secret Service and the FBI. Yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. What? No. Like I love the uh, I love the secret uh, telecommunication where she was praying to the statue, mm -hmm. and then the light came on. It's like come on, come in right away, and she went through a secret door right next to yeah. it. That was just so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, that is. I also did enjoy the fact that uh, when we when we're first introduced to the uh, candy bar game, mm -hmm. how Bruce Willis kind of looks at her. It's like Almond Joy, yeah. like the leader of them, or I guess the uh, de facto leader yeah. of the of the troops. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like they're code names. He changed. We change them every year. You try being called chlamydia for. Yeah. Year. Yeah. They first start out <laughs> with uh, diseases. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all have typical names. The big brute guy who's not so smart. <laughs> His name is Butterfingers. Yes, yes that's right. There's Snickers. Well, he messed up everything, Kit Kat. too. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he... But turns out he probably was the brightest out of all of them. <laughs> At the end, his last words, he said to Coach, Hey, Coach, I think they double-crossed us. Yeah. Arrows sticking through them. <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah, buddy, they did. They sure did, mm -hmm. buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, oh. do we want to talk about the big death of the movie? <laughs> oh, you mean like the dramatic? Yeah. The uh, the, fina the finale death? Yeah. Danny Aiello <laughs> in that car as it explodes. Oh, wait, that's Can right. He survived. No. Never mind. <laughs> He did. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> no, but uh, the uh, rich couple dies quite beautifully. They also have this super badass Bond level villain of a butler who keeps yeah, blades and swords right. in his suit coat. Yeah, like he 
Bond level bad yeah. guy. Just like, can we get his own movie? No, like, like the Bond producers were awesome. the, the Bond producers were watching and going, "Fuck, why didn't we think of that?" <laughs> Fuck, that's a good one. Swords in his sleeves. My God, why? <laughs> They're like swords now. That's insane. <laughs> but he also died. He also, I think, had the best death in the whole movie. Oh, oh yeah, that was probably the worst death. one-liner in the whole movie. I don't remember the one-liner, but I remember followed that by death. the worst. Uh, something about he always wanted to get ahead. Uh, it had to be something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Well, Bruce gets gets him in a fight, and Bruce, and you know he's trying to cut his hand off like that. But Bruce turns it around on him, pins him against the door. And then swings it open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he falls off on the momentum. Yeah, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get that up from one, that. Yeah. Still, just. Yeah, you don't get up. You're not walking away. That's not like. You're not walking that one off, bud. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Richard E. Grant dies of uh, explosion. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, they collect all these pieces. Oh, wait, we. So they want to collect all these pieces. They hire Bruce Willis to steal all these pieces of uh, Da Vinci artwork. Mm-hmm. But really, they're all vessels held where all these different pieces of the machine that changes uh, iron to gold. Yeah, lead to gold. Right? It was iron. No, it was lead. Huh? Lead. It, yeah. It was lead that turns lead to gold. So he goes and steals these priceless Da Vinci artifacts that all have these pieces hidden in them. So one by one, they get all the pieces, and at the end of it, they all get them together. They have him put them together, but he doesn't put it completely. He misses, like, a couple pieces in his hand, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, like, he didn't I put all of them, of them together. But, yeah, he figured out how to put it all together, yeah. but, that, like, he palmed one piece. Yeah. So, like, it didn't work out. That caused Rupert Egret to explode. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sandra Bernhardt gets covered in some toxic sludge goo. So she'll be back I in think the sequel she dies, right? as a, a mutant. <laughs> yeah, or like sludge lady. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, sergeant gets, or the evil head of the uh, candy bar gang, they all die one by one. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like, uh, one gets uh, like uh, a Snickers stuck Snick- on them. <laughs> yeah, Snickers and all, yes, that Snickers does, and Almond Joy gets tranked. And they both die in that yeah, explosion. That's right, yeah, <laughs> uh, Kit Kat get, gets killed by the evil billionaire couple. Yeah, <laughs> and he tells Annie McDowell before he dies, he gives her a card. He speaks with cards. He holds up a business card saying, "I always liked you." Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's almost like part of the movie's theme because you have the David Crusoe character, Kit Kat, who's like, you know, he's miming all this stuff. He disguises himself, and they don't do anything with it. It just seems like something set no. up to do like something with. Nope, he's just dead. But he's just always yeah. there. He was even like one time he's one of those. He looks like a statue in one yeah. point. And you think, <laughs> oh, they'll do something with that for sure. No, he's just fucking dead like two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, that's when he gets shot with a crossbow. <laughs> it's like, OK, that's where we're going with it. OK. <laughs> yeah, this movie was wild and just completely crazy. And it's great. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> If you're looking for something that makes sense, this isn't the movie for you. Time after time might be more of what you're looking for if you want something that makes sense. Yeah. If you're looking for something just insane madness, this is the movie for you. <laughs> All right. Ready for Peacemaker? 
Oh, yeah. Okay, Peacemaker. Yeah. So, we saw episodes five through six of Peacemaker. No, four through six. Four through six. Four, five, six. Yeah. It, this and Boba Fett were, were kind of jumping between them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely tell you I realize I like Peacemaker more than Boba Fett when we went on the break. And, like, I knew Boba Fett would have to be coming up soon. I was like, oh, I kind of wish it was Peacemaker. Because <laughs> this, this show is so much fun. Yeah, when, when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, so, like, all right, cool, cool. So we're going to talk about more Peacemaker? No, we got to watch Boba Fett when you yeah. told me that the week before. I was like, oh, yeah. right. And, and, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's cool, right. Yeah, no, no, I was like, is, yeah. oh, God. Nothing against Boba Fett. I just, just, Peacemaker has been way more enjoyable yeah. than these past three episodes. Oh, yeah did not disappoint no. they were just oh they made the it was worth the wait man well the first three episodes very much felt like the act one and now we we got this act two and yeah it definitely ends with a big twist it does feel like he kind of set up almost like a movie because yeah yes and that and that big twist is the t-1000 is a nazi oh shit i didn't see that one coming except immediately <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the character name, so I just kept writing down the T-1000. Uh, Augie Smith. It's his dad. <laughs> no, I, I have it in parentheses, <laughs> but I just kept referring to him as the T-1000. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, the last episode we... I did like the... Uh, I did want to say in this first episode. Oh yeah, well, bring it, and I'll just and I'll come in with. My okay, own, I was just gonna point out the, the pretty much leaving off at the last episode. We had uh, the reveal that we, the butterflies are these aliens that are like inside a person's head. Uh, yeah, and we did see Peacemaker encounter one of them, and then we don't know what happened to it. And then, pretty, I it has to be like the first, the fourth one where we see that he has it in a jar in his place. He tells the rest of the team he killed it. But it's in a jar in his place. I completely, <laughs> I completely forgot about their encounter with the with the butterfly, mm -hmm. and that cliffhanger ending. I completely forgot about it until like the recap. Yeah, and then that first shot of it, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. That's oh my god, that's right. That's right. Awesome, awesome." Cool. What's one of those things? All you right. saw the butterfly <laughs> sitting there. It's like, "Hey, what did he do with that?" Then you see the jar. It's like, "Oh shit. Okay." <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. This first episode, I noticed it was directed by Jody Hill. Yeah, this, who, this is the first. Yeah, one I was very not directed by James Gunn, and there's most of it's yeah. done by James Gunn. I think they they have the credits up on IMDb for writing and directing. He wrote the whole series, and he's directing like six of them. I want to say, <laughs> yeah, uh, fun. But this one definitely felt like Jody Jody Hill. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, James Gunn actually wrote this entire series. When COVID lockdown started, oh, yeah. uh, just kind of just <laughs> as something fun to do, he didn't think it would actually get picked up. He was like, "I'll just do some crazy shit, and <laughs> if they pick it up, sure, yeah. if not, fuck it. <laughs> it's Peacemaker. Nobody's gonna care." <laughs> yeah, and that's how this series came to be. And Suicide Squad also came out, and he also happened to be a breakout hit of that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's kind of weird how. Uh, yeah, they definitely are developing his character because, yeah, I was not happy to see a Peacemaker series after that movie. But he was an entertaining character. Yeah, neither was I. <laughs> but, 
but he was entertaining. Yeah, I got to give him that. And by the end of like the first two episodes of this, yeah. I was like, all right. I can give this guy a chance. I'll watch this. I could give him a chance. Well, it's, you know, even we get reminded how he feels terrible about what happened to Rick Flagg. And he's like, he was fucking yeah. right. What was I doing? He was right. <laughs> and yeah, that, that whole like early nightmare sequence we get with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that yeah. one. I was like, oh, we're starting heavy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's, it's kind of like, I'm really liking, I'm first note I have of episode four is I'm really liking the character development they're doing for the entire cast. Yeah. All in one linear story. I also did like the notes that he had made about when he was talking to his neighbor at first, you know, well, you know what? Riddle me this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How he said, like he referenced like three different Batman canon stuff. Yeah. So it was, he had referenced uh, like Batman, mm-hmm. Joker, and the Riddler. Mm-hmm. I thought all that was like, huh, that's that's nice. That's some nice fan service right there. Well, that that <laughs> brings up something worth talking about. That argument he has with the neighbor about the Batman, yeah, <laughs> which was kind of awesome. Brings up some questions in the DCEU um, because he's like, hey, if you're if you're a hero, where's your cadre of villains? Batman has a cadre of villains, and he's like, well, my my villains are six feet under, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at that one. Question I have. Uh, DCEU hmm. Batman kills a lot. I guess from... I haven't noticed. Yeah, I don't... He hides it very well. But then again, you know what? You know who else does in the DCEU? Who? Sn- super snap neck and yeah Superman. not as much but yes <laughs> he does it too well let's talk about let's talk about the the uh you know the the damage to downtown metropolis yeah <laughs> i mean uh you telling me nobody else died no, nobody died in that didn't you didn't you hear he saved everybody I understand the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> Listen, it was very However, it was very important However, rather than helping save people that he make out with Lois in the middle of that wreckage, okay? Very important. They <laughs> could save that for the sequel, which they did. Yeah. In great length. Oh god, that sequel. <laughs> Whether we wanted it yeah. or not. Oh. Uh, it was happened. Sometimes dedicating a whole hour to that part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's very oh, important to yeah. get back up with her. Very important. Let's just stay on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but let's talk about some. Yeah, Peacemaker content. is so much better than BBS. <laughs> so yes, back to my uh, point again. Uh, the T one thousand is a Nazi. Yes. Yes. Well, that was established pretty early on. He was watching Alex Lim on the it TV. Was, but, <laughs> but also that. Even still looking at it right and written down, it still kind of makes me chuckle a little. <laughs> All right, so I think how's I know his dad eventually escapes. Does he escape or get set? Yeah, he free? does. He uh, gets set free through corruption, but that's episode six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh wow, I didn't realize it was that late. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm yeah, jumping around. So yeah. it, it does show. Uh, Oh, all right. I have all my notes per episode. Oh, you're fine. You're... Uh, see that P- Peacemaker, I believe, had a rematch fight with somebody, and it was a draw. There was a fight that rematch that was a draw. I should have wrote down character names. Uh, I was kind of, uh, Judo Master probably is what you're thinking of. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. 
the judo master. Yeah, and uh, I cannot think of the character's name, but uh, the one that's Amanda Waller's daughter interrupted that when she saw, shot him. <laughs> and uh, I also like what they're doing with the character of the vigilante, too. Yeah. I like all the characters, honestly. Yeah, I really do. He... Yeah. Even hardcore. Hardcore. Who I kind of thought I would end oh, up hardcore. hating. hardcore, yeah. I thought I'd end up hating her, but actually it's like, no, I I kind of get everything she's doing. I mean, even Mern. Uh, spoiler, Mern's an alien. Oh, they, they, they reveal that in this episode. Is, uh, I, well, it's episode four where they reveal that? Yeah, it is. I believe it's an end credit scene or right before yeah, the credit scene. Yeah, you just scene. see him you roll him out his tongue that into the bowl. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I think about I see I first time I saw that earlier, I didn't say anything about it because I just figured, okay, it's just because they're butterflies. You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But still seeing it, I still think the same thing. I think, wow, you can do stupid things, can't you, Trump? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get the attachments, you can do the couch. Nice. <laughs> gets <laughs> Peanut gets sucked up there, he can pistol whip that kid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking of the greatest MST episode ever, Pod People. <laughs> uh, where was, oh, yeah. Where are you at? So, yes, I believe this next one opens up with uh, uh, the father of Peacemaker, uh, White Dragon. Yes. As he's later revealed in this episode to be as that he's going to snitch on all of them and expose all of them what they're doing. Well, that's right. Because uh, like, it's episode four, right, where Peacemaker goes to visit him and tells him everything. Because mm-hmm. that's where he finds out that his father was framed for all this stuff. The team framed his father for the stuff he was doing and they yeah. were doing. So he goes to confess and it was probably a mistake and I think even he regrets it after he does it. It's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, he does because he kind of has in this episode he has a lot of flashbacks of his father and growing up with him and he didn't have a good childhood. No, he did not. No. He really did not have a good childhood at all. Yeah, It really makes you feel bad for Mm -hmm. him. Like, you see... Well, it's one of those things. He's a very... Not necessarily an excuse. He's a very flawed character. But you kind of see oh, where he comes yeah, from. Absolutely. And he has definitely improved on where he came from. Is episode five where they go to the factory? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, essentially uh, he has his helmet for x-ray vision. And they're like, okay, we're going to go undercover. And he puts on his x-ray vision and just instantly starts shooting everybody because they're all aliens. Everybody. Yeah, just everyone. Yeah, just pew, 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 pew. Yeah, it's just... like, what the fuck are you doing? They're aliens. Yeah. I, I can see. They're... <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that in that whole opening segment where how much of a dick he was. <laughs> To uh, John, yeah, in the group. Oh yeah, the, the John, PowerPoint. Uh, Ico, yeah, how much of a dick he was. This is the worst PowerPoint ever. Jesus Christ, dude, give him a break. <laughs> it had to be a little no, bit of work no. to do that. Let's give him a break. <laughs> dude, that took some time. Yeah, he did man. the explosion he did, sound he, transition. Like he didn't have man. to do all that. No. <laughs> Visually, it's pretty <laughs> weak made sauce, this... but you know what? You didn't have to put that work into it. Give him credit. Give him... 
Yeah, he didn't have to do all that, but he did. All to make our day a little better. Yes. It didn't work. But you know what? He tried. <laughs> he put on there a picture of an alien going up somebody's butt because it's an orifice, and technically he's right, so sure. He's, and, and he's technically doing his job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know I what? I love that they... they, they the one thing that brought them back together was music. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The, uh, 11th Street Kids. God, I can't remember the band. Yeah. The 11th Street Kids was a, a name of a song by this band. Yeah. Um, I really love that, uh, <laughs> how he just had, like, no chill inside of that production factory. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we, like, zero chill. <laughs> Well, uh, but I was totally waiting for that payoff with Vigilante with the chainsaw. Yeah, I was absolutely waiting for that payoff. You kind of get it, but not with Vigilante. <laughs> nope, you get it with John Economos. Yeah, he, he comes in and saves the yeah. day. Yeah, you know, you might bitch about his PowerPoint skills, but his chainsaw pil- skills seem pretty on point. <laughs> I also loved the uh, gorilla, and I thought that it might be a. Uh, like a Gorilla Groot shout out. I thought it might be too. Now, obviously, because I noticed not, it like but... grunting and kind of saying almost words, which yeah. made me think, "Holy crap! Could this be Gorilla Groot? Holy crap!" Yeah. Of course, it's dead, so let's assume it's not. But maybe it's a. It's start, it was supposed to be start, but I did do some look. I think I did some like kind of digging on like, could it be that guy? Mm-hmm. But I think what a lot of other people are thinking it might be is just Sergeant Gorilla. Okay. Ah, he he does do his James Gunn likes to do his deep dives for some of this stuff. So, yeah. So that's why I thought like no, he wouldn't take that low hanging fruit. Yeah, he's gonna go deep, <laughs> bat might deep. But man. uh, yeah, that corrupt police department. My God. Yeah. What's that? The black ops team leader. <laughs> so like, uh, there's the one guy who was working with Mern, who I assumed was an alien at first too. Yeah, me too. Me too. But apparently he's not, but he's a he takes charge of the police department and he's a fucking psycho, apparently. Because mm-hmm. he has to kill a couple people to help cover for the team. And he's taking some fucking fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, dear God, man. Uh the other thing, uh so I have a question for you. Did you think Amanda Waller's daughter was dead when she put on the X ray vision? When she was with Mern? Uh, no. Really? I was thinking, oh, God, she's dead. Because she had just done that message to her wife saying, I love you. Things have been stressed. We'll talk later. And then she puts on that x-ray yeah. vision with him. Like, oh, God, she's dead, isn't she? They they subvert that no, nicely, I don't. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> no, no, I didn't think so because I, I, I watched, like, I guess it, it might have been the end credit scene. But I did see uh, Hardcore get out of a car and walk up to her and said, we got a lot to talk about. I, I thought that came later, but maybe it was at the uh, and maybe. May, maybe it was at the end. Maybe I'm misremembering it because they do kind of replay that part in the next episode where you see. They exactly do. I can't really happened. remember. Yeah. Cause I, I, I kind of I might be misremembering really it early too. yesterday, but uh, I could be. Too, I, but... I powered through it. Sunday hey, I, I didn't know. I was, it was kind of more of like, I think me and the wife both. She's I was like, come on, hit next episode. Yeah. Hit skip intro. We don't need a recap. Mm. Let's make this continual. Let's make this linear. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. <laughs> Real time, okay? 
I was so focused in on it, I, d- I missed who directed this episode. Uh, <laughs> of the, let's see. Well, we can bring that up easy enough. Because I, I know at least one of them was written and directed by Gunn. And that was episode six. What about the other two? Okay. Oh, he wrote both of them. Mm-hmm. Or all three of them. So of this bunch, he only he only didn't direct the fourth one. He directed five and six. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think it's during this episode where there's a, a police crackdown on Peacemaker and Vigilante. Just as they start getting the uh, the bug that Peacemaker has, they start getting some communication going. Goff is named the bug. The butterfly. No, but they're not the only ones who are getting communications with the bug. Who else? The team. Uh, Hardcore called it, like, called, like spotted him out right away. The boss of the uh, team. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about Goff. Uh, the one that the uh, Peacemaker has in a bottle. The one... The one who drew a peace sign? Yes. <laughs> you mean the one when Peacemaker was having his little existential crisis about his dad? How not only did Eagle Lee come up, but did you notice that the bug rolled the jar over mm-hmm. and its front two, like, and, or I guess legs were reaching out towards yeah. him? Did you notice yeah, that too? Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I had pointed out to my wife, I was like, oh, look, that bug cares about how he feels. Yeah. She's like, really? I think he's just rolling the bug. I'm like, no, he's reaching out for mm-hmm. him. And then when she saw the peace sign, it's like, was he does care about mm. him oh it's like yeah i told you he was the bug was totally concerned yeah. about him yeah well they do <laughs> well they what i love about is they figure out communication and then vigilante and peacemaker just argue for the most part before they get how to anything. communicate with yeah because <laughs> vigilante what's your favorite color yeah. that's not a yes or no question we can only do yes or no questions what are you doing what are you <laughs> we found out that his color is they don't like teal. yeah it's your favorite car, Teal. I think there's more important things to ask. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I totally was not expecting uh, what happens next. Yes. So, Vigilante, ta- so, yeah, Vigilante tapes off to the, his back. And they sneak out. Well, and then he falls. And then I assume this is what you're getting to. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he falls and uh, God gets free. He... Uh, inhabits the uh, detective, Amy, and uh, she acts very weird. It looks like she seizes and dies, but she's fine. Spits up a lot of blood. Um, Yeah, a lot of blood. I don't I don't know how the host situation works after afterward. I think the host. Well, the hosts are pretty fucking dead. So that's what I think. Um. Yeah, so she goes and gets a hold of friends, and then pretty much they all inhabit the entire police station, prisoners included. Yes, everyone. Like it, everyone. It's it's a it's a great scene. You no, know, there was a moment where I thought maybe her partner might make it because, like, you could see like he knew things were going down before everybody else and made a run for it. But nope, he doesn't even make yeah. it. He's out. You know. He's out. He does make it a little bit. Yeah, he makes it a little bit like, further. I thought he was a bit more aware than everybody else, because everybody else just seems kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Where he's just actually, actually actively trying to get away. But I love is how like I love once like you know like the rest of the station realizes there's something going on. How there's a few you hear a few shots go yeah. off. It's like yeah, I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, she has a whole army. Yeah, which is insane. And yeah. in the communications with uh, Hardcore and um, 
Amanda Waller's daughter and uh, John, because uh, John literally is refusing to accept this information mm-hmm. <laughs> that the boss has a brain bug, yeah. or because he, as they say, no, he puts his fingers in his ears and yeah. uh, sings. And he literally does just that. Well, I guess we didn't bring up. Uh, essentially, Mern says he's a he's essentially a dissenter from the other bugs, and yeah, yeah, we don't know a hundred percent the full story behind it. I'm certain there's more behind it. I'm... Yeah, cause, and that made me think: is the bug that Peacemaker caught? Is it one of the bad ones that the one that's in Mern was talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, the one, yeah. Uh, Goff is definitely bad yeah. news. No. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> but it likes Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I like Vigilante too enough not to infect him too, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we will see. Yeah, all the characters, I like all the characters in this, I want to say. Probably my least favorite is probably yeah, Mern. But that's more just because, obviously, they're playing him very close to his chest. Cause... Well, that, yeah, they don't have a lot to do with it with him right yeah. now, or for him right mm-hmm. now. But uh, even Vigilante, who is kind of fucking annoying, is... I don't know. I, he I, means well. Yeah, <laughs> he obviously just wants Peacemaker's approval, and okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh one thing that's worth noting in the uh with when you watch the actual dancing intro uh whenever a cast member is introduced they are now a part of the intro from every episode on well, yeah oh i didn't well i didn't notice that but what i did notice i noticed uh, that uh like everybody seems completely not into like the dancing they seem just kind of like doing the motions except vigilante vigilante seems all in and just doing all the flurries and all that <laughs> Well, so does um, uh, Judo Judo Boy. That's true. God, he doesn't have much in there, though. They haven't done much with him other than him getting shot. I was surprised he he survived getting shot, honestly. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I from the teaser for the next episode, it looks like he's going to be in, or he's going to make a come or a new appearance. So uh, he's coming back. I did not uh, see the teaser. So we'll see. I figured he had more since he wasn't yeah. dead, dead. So, well, yeah, obviously. So I have a, another fun fact about this show. So the oh, choreographer, yeah. when they were setting up like the choreography for the dance routine, uh, had her husband kind of stand in and do like uh, the main peacemaker spot, obviously, because that was the center part, and mm-hmm. had him do all the choreography for the dancing. Do you know who that was? Who? Alan Tudyk. So Alan Tudyk has a connection to this show. (laughs) That's awesome. He went to Juilliard. Yes. He's he's a great fucking actor. (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's he's amazing. (laughs) But yes. Any any final thoughts on uh, Peacemaker? Oh, no. No, I I can't wait to get into uh, more episodes. Well, well, let's see. Well, next week. Yeah, Boba's next. Yeah, we're going to finish off Boba. And then the week after that, we'll finish off Peacemaker. And then what next week? What was it? Morons from Mars. Morons from outer space. Morons from outer space. Okay. And then for the third thing, I meant to bring this up to you, but we can do it right now. Yes. We should probably cover yeah. some Batman stuff because that's a movie coming out. Um. 
are we going to watch the Shoemaker ones? I was going to ask you, do you want to do the Keaton four movie ones or do you want to do the Nolan ones? Let's do the Keaton. Okay, so that that, that does to, require going into the Schumacher one. Yes, I know, okay. I know, I know. I, I'm aware. Um, I I enjoy the Nolan ones. I do. Mm-hmm. I I kind of feel that they have um, like added hype to them. Yes. Like I I mean, don't get me. I'm not saying that the, like the Keaton era ones are better. By no, no. Means. Technically, the Nolan ones are by far better. Yeah. That being said, like there is, especially with the Tim Burton ones, and listen, Nolan's a much better director than Tim Burton, if you ask oh, yeah. me. But Tim Burton yeah. has a style, and Nolan. Oh yeah. Nolan's style is kind of lots of exposition and realism, and he does a great job with it. But it's it's his thing, and it's his yeah. Shit. And Burton's more of a visual style, which that's kind of cool too. <laughs> Yeah. And I definitely feel like Burton's more into... I don't think he's all that into comic books, I will say. But, like, he's into more... Like, if he likes a comic book, he'll go more into that type of story. Mm. Uh, I would. And I would, like, also want to do it mostly just because I'd like to argue that, you know, we need to have that same sort of love for Batman Returns as a Christmas movie as we do for Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Ooh. We'll have just as Lethal Weapon out, is a sure Christmas movie, well, too. Well, technically, it is a Christmas movie. I don't know if I can give you much love for it, though. <laughs> we'll get, we'll... Lethal, Weapon is, Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, no, movie. Lethal Weapon absolutely is. If it's a Shane Black movie, there's a 95% chance it's a it's a, it's a a Christmas movie. And, you know, not necessarily directed, but, like, written, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. If Shane Black's involved, 95% chance it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> Odds are. So, uh, okay, so that gives us Batman 89, Boba Fett, last two episodes, and Morons from Outer Space. Yes. That sounds like a good episode to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, Everybody have a good one. Take care. I want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here. Uh, The theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it.